we'd like to welcome everyone here this afternoon to the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Uh, I'll be your moderator for the afternoon. My name is Bob Campbell. First thing we want to do is remind everyone to turn them off or put them on airplane mode or smash it, whatever you need to do <laughs> to keep it quiet. We want you to also realize that uh, the usual format will be our speaker will speak for about 25 to 30 minutes, followed by lunch, and then a question and answer period will follow that. We also want you to know that uh, this uh, session will be recorded and will be on our website. Uh, Shaw TV will tape the presentations and use experts from the PowerPoint for their twice daily broadcast, uh, 2 and 10 p.m. And also, uh, the important stuff, lunch, there's no free lunch except for our speaker, $12. So we want the mathematician at the table to count and then multiply by 12, and that's how much should be in the basket. And you can throw in extra if you like. <laughs> All right, so I think we've got the main housekeeping duties um, for now. So our topic today, cuts to public service or deficit financing. What are Alberta's best options? The Alberta NDP government's 2017 budget was presented in March and projects a $10.3 billion deficit uh, based on revenues of $45 billion. While the budget will see Alberta go further into the red despite its implementation of a carbon levy. It also promises hospital spending, new schools, other infrastructure, along with more money for seniors and social services. Opposition leaders have loudly been calling for the government to curb spending, saying that the cost of a growing debt load will handicap future generations unfairly. Our speaker today, Dr. Chris Nickel, will be addressing this topic. Now, Dr. Nickel arrived at the U of L in 2001. He assumed his duties as a professor of economics while also serving as the Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Science. Dr. Nichol took on the role of acting university librarian on September 1st of 2012 and was appointed to a two-year term as university librarian and will continue in this role for a five-year term effective July 1st of that year. Dr. Nichol also continues as a professor of economics in the Department of, in the Department of Economics while serving as librarian. We're very fortunate to have him here today to address this interesting topic, so please join me in welcoming Dr. Nicole. Thanks very much for the, uh, for the kind of introduction. I, I suppose I should lean in here as the thing goes. Uh, and um, it's hard for the so, yeah, I just wanted to, to clarify a couple of things before I start. I'm speaking today as an economist, not as a representative of the University of Lethbridge of any kind in the sense that I do hold a, an administrative position over there, but uh, these are my own views and perspectives on this, and so I'm speaking as a uh, member of the economics department and a professor of economics. And of course, uh, I, chose to, I chose to put up here um, this background, which you'll see, and I thought that people would probably be wondering what the background was. So I put the actual photograph on the bottom left-hand corner there too, so you can kind of see what that is a bit better. And uh, this is uh, me in Scotland, Lorraine, my wife, having taken this photograph a couple of years ago when we were in Edinburgh, 
and uh, this is on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, and me standing by the, uh, sorry, me standing by the, the statue of Adam Smith, who is another famous, uh, well, the most famous uh, economist uh, uh, from Scotland, probably. So uh, that's uh, just a, a little bit of levity there. So the presentation uh, today, what we're going to talk about, I'm basically going to run through a little bit uh, of background initially around debts, deficits, and so forth. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, <coughs> structure of the recent uh, Alberta budget, which came down, uh, and also in that context, talk about uh, debts more generally uh, from a perspective of different uh, jurisdictions, including our own, but also around the world and uh, how that's viewed. Uh, also be looking at a bit of a comparison across provinces of spending patterns that we see, uh, the aggregate levels of spending at, at the government level in particular, there's often some uh, discussion and uh, view taken that you know we should look at what other jurisdictions are doing and ensure that we're not too much out of line with them uh, in developing our fiscal policies. Also, we'll contrast the uh, revenue generation um, within the uh, within the budget framework in Alberta with what's uh, the case in other jurisdictions. Um, debts, deficits, sales taxes, these are things which are near to the, uh, the, the lives of Albertans, I think, and uh, one can always have a really good conversation about these things. It comes down in the end to making some, some fairly, uh, fairly fundamental choices about how we want to live our lives and uh, how we want to see uh, government uh, support some uh, services and public services in particular, which might not otherwise be made available. And so once uh, I've been through those things, we, uh, I guess we, we then have lunch as a format. And, uh, and then uh, we have a, a Q&A session after that. So why, uh, why do we borrow uh, as governments? Uh, uh, we borrow in general, hopefully, and for the most part uh, in, in the context of uh, economies around the world so that we can raise the, uh, the future productivity of the economy. So in other words, we want to build infrastructure which, uh, which will support economic activity, transportation infrastructure, healthcare infrastructure, things of that sort, and so it makes sense to do that often because uh, one can't rely on having all of the resources to, uh, to build all those projects at a single point in time, and capital markets are out there, so you can borrow funding to uh, finance them, and this is, uh, this is similar to uh, what you're doing uh, in, your life, uh, in, in your own lives. Uh, at certain points in life, uh, one is uh, engaged in post-secondary education, perhaps, or in education. You're building your human capital. You're making yourself more productive. Sometimes you're spending money. Sometimes you're <coughs> borrowing money to do that activity. You're then perhaps borrowing uh, money to buy a house to support your family and make that uh, family unit more uh, productive. And so uh, we all are familiar with borrowing. And one's often uh, uh, given the example of, well, you know, uh, if I if I borrow uh, continuously, then uh, and I'm not paying it back, then that's not a good thing because uh, eventually everybody has to pay back their debt. Well, while that's true of individuals, at the level of an economy, an economy is an infinitely lived organism or uh, uh, economic agent, if you like. It goes on forever, uh, basically, uh, unless the world ends. And so uh, there are always new opportunities which arise, whereby you can partic participate in those opportunities and. Uh, uh, make the economy more productive, increase the total value of goods and services available to everybody, and uh, everybody uh, benefits uh, benefits from that. At a certain point, though, once you borrow funds, 
uh, you know yourself, the, the bank will only lend you so much based on what your cash flow is for you to pay that. And so it's important that uh, if one is borrowing funding that you can actually uh, service that debt by, uh, by paying the interest rates uh, that you're being charged for, for those borrowed funds. In Alberta, of course, there seems to be a, a very uh, significant aversion to having any debt whatsoever. Uh, this is a comparison slide from the from the budget, which shows the debt to uh, GDP ratios of the provinces in 2015. And so, the, the government in their presenting of the budget talked about how Alberta is low in terms of its debt to GDP ratio relative to other jurisdictions in in, uh, in the country. Uh, even the BC, Saskatchewan, our closest neighbors, 8% uh, debt GDP ratio in. Uh, in Saskatchewan relative to 6% in Alberta. So the argument being, well, we're not carrying a lot of debt, so we could, the economy could actually support that. Uh, this is 2015-16 data. It's, I think, instructive to look. Uh, well, before I do that, perhaps this is, and this is a, this is a graph which uh, is it, perhaps hard to see along the bottom. These are countries' uh, debt to GDP ratios around the, uh, around the world. And uh, at, the, at the bottom end here, we've got, uh, We've got countries with the lowest levels of debt to GDP, and at the top end, we've got the countries with the, the highest levels of, of debt to GDP. So at the top end, the debt to GDP ratio there is of the order of 180%, and that's Greece. Uh, Canada, though, is kind of in the middle of, of the pack here, uh, with a debt to GDP ratio uh, just around about uh, just under 120%. So uh, when the when the EU created the, uh, the euro and the European monetary system, in order to be admitted to that, they were using a rule of thumb for debt to GDP ratios for people who they would admit to that system of about 60%. So uh, if you wanted to be admitted, that was what, where you had to be from the point of view of your, your fiscal uh, situation. You had to be in that sort of frame there. Since then, with the financial crisis, there's been quite a bit of uh, change in that in the context of some of those uh, key players, Germany, France, and so forth. Their debt to GDP ratios have risen quite significantly as a result of the financial crisis uh, of a few years ago. So th this is kind of the pattern that we, we see, 60% being viewed as a number that's fairly reasonable for a national economy. For a provincial economy, maybe somewhat different because the, uh, the ability to raise money and the ability to borrow is maybe somewhat different because there are perhaps in some cases less tools available uh, to those uh, jurisdictions to raise uh, funding for, uh, for uh, uh, food taxation and, and so forth. So this goes back to the, 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 the Alberta case in particular, where again, this is a, this is a slide from the, uh, from the provincial budget. And the line that, uh, or the arrow here at the bottom, this is showing you how debt in Alberta is going to evolve over the next several years. Uh, so the current estimate for the 2017-18 fiscal year is uh, at uh, 45 billion in debt, with that growing to uh, 58.7 billion in 2019 and 71 billion in 2020. And below that, the right-hand arrow, you can see the percentage debt to GDP ratios uh, in those different years. So 6.1%. That was on that previous slide, which I showed you, which compared uh, the debt to GDP ratio in Alberta with other provinces across the country. Uh, for the 2015-16 fiscal year. But as you see, in the 2017 forecast, we're already up to 10.6%, and then we're going to get up to 13.8%, 17.1%, 19.5%. So there's a fairly steep uh, profile here to how that's changing over time. These 
are the expenses associated with uh, with those debts that are being racked up in the sense. So in any given fiscal year, the amount that you have that you're spending over and above your revenues that be the, the current year deficit. So these are the current year deficits which accumulate with the debts that we've accumulated in the past to uh, come up with that whole total debt figure that we have in the previous slide. So down at the bottom here, you can see how the deficit is evolving over time. Uh, it's uh, estimated to be of the order of 10.3 million, uh, sorry, billion in 1718. Uh, uh, projected to go down over time, but still adding to total debt. So although these numbers are declining over time, uh, total debt is still rising. Okay, and uh, so one of the reasons for that, of course, is because the revenue to support those um, expenditures is driven by personal income taxes, corporate income taxes, a range of other things, non-renewable resource revenues. So here you can see how revenues are evolving over time with uh, revenues, as was noted in, in, in the introduction, in 2017-18 uh, being around about 45 billion and progressing to 47.6 in the next fiscal year, 51.7 in the next fiscal year. But if you contrast that with, uh, with spending, you can see that spending is, is increasing at a faster rate so that we are still running deficits over time. This slide gives you some idea, and I apologize if that, the numbers are a little small there, the, give a bit of an idea of how we compare with other provinces. Ontario and Manitoba, they haven't, uh, they haven't uh, brought down their budgets yet, so these numbers are for the, uh, for the current fiscal year, for the 16-17 budget cycle. Uh, for BC, Saskatchewan and Alberta, these uh, provinces have all uh, issued their budgets, and uh, insofar as uh, BC is concerned, they're going to be spending through 17-18, 50.1 billion, Saskatchewan, 14.8 billion, Alberta, 54.8 billion. GDP in the different provinces is, is listed in the second column here, 249 billion in uh, GDP in BC, uh, Saskatchewan relatively smaller economy, 79 billion, uh, Alberta 326 billion, somewhat bigger than the BC economy in terms of GDP, which is interesting because in the next column you'll see population. Our population in Alberta from recent uh, census data is about uh, 4.2 million, uh, whereas in BC it's 4.7 million. So spending per head of population in BC is of the order of 10,500 <laughs> per year, and in Saskatchewan about 12.6,000, and in the case of uh, Alberta about 13,000. So often people will say, well, you know, clearly we're spending more per capita in Alberta than in these other jurisdictions, and that's necessarily a bad thing, and so with that driving debts and deficits, then we have to get things under control. But if you compare expenditures uh, at the government level with the size of the economy, uh, in the case of BC, government spending as a portion of, uh, of the economy in, in British Columbia is about 20%, whereas in Alberta is more like 16.8%. So the economy is better able to support that increased level of, uh, of spending, and uh, I suppose it would be argued perhaps by some that uh, we're spending more money because we're providing better services. Now, uh, I think one would need to obviously analyze that in some detail as to whether that's true or not. Uh, but certainly that's an argument one could make. You know, we've got a better healthcare system, some might argue, than in BC because we're putting more money into that per head of population, so we should have a better system. Uh, it might be, though, that just because the economy was growing for a long period of time, and we're trying to attract people here uh, to uh, fill a lot of vacancies for which uh, 
there was a lot of demand to fill those vacancies and not many qualified people going out. It might actually be that that bit of the wages that we're paying to people and so they're not any more productive than someone in another jurisdiction. So one has to kind of look at those questions uh, quite closely, but certainly you could uh, you could argue either way on that, and I present that just to give you a sense of, of that. In terms of where the money is actually coming from, some of the major sources of, uh, of revenue are obviously from income taxes, from corporate taxes, uh, from sales taxes, and from resource revenues, although provincial sales taxes not aware of. So in this case, BC's uh, income tax uh, revenue as a percentage of their total revenues is about 18%, whereas in Saskatchewan it's about 18% as well, and in Alberta it's closer to 25%. So income taxes is making up a much bigger proportion of the revenue base in Alberta than in BC or Saskatchewan. Corporate tax is, is, is also higher, about 8.7% in Alberta uh, relative to the total spending, and uh, sorry, the total revenues rather, and in Saskatchewan, about uh, 5%, and in BC, about 6.7%. In uh, BC and Saskatchewan, of course, these jurisdictions have sales taxes, so their, uh, their sales taxes are making up in BC about 13% of, uh, of their total spending, uh, of their total revenue, rather, and about 14.4% uh, in, uh, in Saskatchewan. So in Alberta, of course, we don't have uh, a tax, uh, a provincial sales tax at this point. We can also look at resource revenues. In Alberta, resource revenues are about 8% of total revenues. Uh, in Saskatchewan, about closer to 10% of total revenues. And in, uh, in BC, about 4.5%. So this is how things are being financed. These are the revenues that are supporting the activity. And so the various jurisdictions have chosen different tax models in order to uh, support the expenditure activity of the government. And uh, you know, there are obviously then choices to be made, different ways of, of doing things. <coughs> Alberta, in the current uh, fiscal situation, in the current economic conditions, has chosen to maintain operational spending through borrowing. Uh, a lot of that borrowing is being used to finance uh, various capital projects, which is uh, a good thing, uh, many would argue, because it increases the future productivity of the economy, and uh, future generations, uh, of course, have to pay back the debt, but the future generations are going to benefit as well from that increased productivity in the economy. So the, the notion that, uh, oh, we're borrowing and uh, future generations have to pay this off, uh, fair enough, that's a, maybe a, a point up to a, a certain extent, but if you're borrowing to increase the supports and to increase the productivity of the economy and future generations are benefiting, uh, benefiting from that, there's something of a trade-off there, and as long as those two things are fairly well aligned, then that's, uh, that's probably, uh, probably acceptable. Uh, on the other hand, though, in the current conditions, uh, some portion of that borrowing is going to support current consumption, current, uh, current spending, with a view to actually not reducing, uh, not, not reducing spending and not increasing taxation, uh, so that uh, programs are, are maintained. And so one could certainly talk about, well, maybe we should be running a smaller deficit and cutting back on spending uh, and or increasing taxes in various ways because there will be a limit to how much, uh, how much we can borrow over time. As you saw, the, uh, the level of borrowing is increasing significantly over time, and uh, there's got to be a point at which that's got to stop because we'll reach some of these thresholds where it won't be possible to borrow the funds you need uh, to refloat these bonds that are coming up for renewal, and or the cost of borrowing is going to be extremely high because bond rating agencies will say, well, your, uh, your uh, uh, economy is not in very good shape. We don't think you're a very good risk for servicing your debt, so we're going to charge you more interest-wise. 
and so its debt servicing costs will go up. Currently, though, the, the choice in this particular context has been made in this way, I think, because, in part, uh, the economy has been slow, uh, slow to recover. We are still experiencing unemployment in Alberta of the order of 8 plus percent. Uh, depending on which part of the province you're, you're living in, that number could be higher and could be a little bit lower. And so the economy hasn't bounced back in the way that one would expect. So uh, increased uh, taxation or reduced government spending to actually deal with the issue around how much we're borrowing or how much the deficit is would have a, an, a further negative effect on the economy. You can't pull mon money out of the economy without that having effects where employment uh, and unemployment uh, would be affected by that. So as the recovery progresses, uh, if you're trying to pull more money out of the economy, there's less people uh, employed, less people to spend, and less uh, le less uh, economic activity going on. And so the decision that has been made in this particular case uh, to wait and see a little bit uh, over the recovery. Because as the economy recovers, as more people are employed, that will generate increased uh, levels of income tax, increased levels of corporate tax. And indeed, uh, as the uh, resource prices recover, there will be additional revenues from that, uh, from that source as well. Uh, the possibility of, of trying to mitigate how quickly the costs are rising, though, could certainly be looked at. Uh, the comparisons of uh, salary levels for different kinds of jobs across uh, the provincial economy relative to other uh, provincial economies across the country sometimes indicates that uh, wage uh, levels are perhaps on average higher here for certain kinds of occupations. And so, of course, in the public sector, a, a large portion of the of the billions of dollars being spent on uh, out of the government budget is going towards people. It's going towards paying people's salaries. At least half of the budget is being spent on that. And so, one way in which you could try to control that would be by looking at ways to reduce the rate of increase of, uh, of salaries over time. And certainly, uh, I think uh, a variety of, uh, of governments have tried to do that, and there's different ways you can go about approaching that. So certainly, that's one area where the payoff to getting some amelioration in rates of increase of that is, is quite big, because it's a huge part of the budget, uh, what, what people's compensation is and how, uh, how much they're being paid. Saskatchewan, on the other hand, is, uh, is a nice uh, uh, contrast to, uh, to look at, because uh, it's a fairly similar economy in terms of the kinds of activities going on there. There's a lot of resource extraction activity going on, uh, a lot of uh, government services being provided as well. Uh, they've chosen a different, a somewhat different route in the sense that uh, rather than uh, r rather than allowing the deficit to to uh, to get larger uh, in the way that the Alberta government is doing, they've chosen chosen to increase uh, uh, taxes to some extent and reduce spending in a number of areas. Some of the key areas in which uh, spending is being reduced in Saskatchewan are in uh, the K-12 education system, also post-secondary education, and also there's a reduction on the uh, uh, money going into job uh, job training programs. As, as well as that, of course, there's increases in provincial sales tax. There's the winding down of the Saskatchewan Transportation Corporation, which is a, a crown-owned uh, uh, bus uh, corporation which transports uh, people to remote rural areas and has been losing money for a long time. It's been uh, created and offered as, a, as basically a public service, but now I guess the view is that it's, uh, it's uh, too expensive to, to maintain that, and so there are major cuts going on there. So, of course, well, why would uh, Saskatchewan do that? It might be that they're in better fiscal shape or better uh, or further along the uh, economic recovery track than, than Alberta. In particular, unemployment in Saskatchewan is 
currently running around 6%. So it might be argued, well, uh, more people are employed. The, the, uh, the people who are employed can, uh, can pay a little bit more to support uh, uh, keeping the, the debt and the deficit a little bit lower. And so that's the, the choice which has been made in uh, Saskatchewan is to, rather than uh, allow debt to grow at a rapid rate, it, it's still it's growing because they are running a deficit, but it's not growing as rapidly as we see in Alberta. But the choice they've made is to say, well, you know, we're not going to borrow piles and piles of money, have it affect our credit rating. Uh, we're actually going to increase taxes. We're going to uh, reduce spending. And so, you know, be careful what you wish for, I guess, is, is the bottom line here, because we, we could do that in Alberta, and we might do it in a couple of years. Maybe the government will change. There's a lot of discussion going on right now over uh, mergers of political parties uh, to uh, capture a bigger uh, percentage of the popular vote so that uh, the government might change, uh, and that certainly could happen. And then uh, this uh, experience that Saskatchewan is going through right now gives you a sense of what we could expect here if that were to happen uh, in the way that things are going on in Alberta. At the same time, though, um, while I'm sort of, I guess, arguing for being a little bit uh, more open-minded about uh, how much debt we run, we still have to be careful about the fact that uh, uh, it needs to be it needs to be under control. We need to have sources of revenue to support the expenditures that are being made, and uh, so maybe some different uh, choices over time will evolve and will become more acceptable to people where it's not a bad thing to run debt in an economy is the bottom line of one of the things that I would say today. Uh, it's, it's a good idea if the economy can uh, support that through the debt servicing costs. It's a good idea if it's increasing the productive capability of the economy, it's, it's enhancing economic growth. And in fact, uh, there's a number of studies, OECD, the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, International Monetary Fund, which show that a certain level of debt is a good thing for an economy if it's if it's uh, increasing productivity because it's generating increased growth than you would otherwise see. And sometimes it's actually not a, a good idea to pay down the debt. This is based on one of the recent papers that's out uh, from the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, showing that uh, for some economies where they have room to service the debt that they're floating, uh, it's not a good idea to actually pay down and get rid of the debt totally. So. Um, I think as long as one is being prudent and careful about this, and certainly the financial markets will let you know if they don't think you are being prudent by uh, changing your credit rating and so forth, um, there is certainly scope for, for doing some of that. Uh, it doesn't make sense in general to say, oh well, the province has zero debt and that's a great idea. It's not necessarily always a great idea uh, to, have, to have zero debt. Uh, we did have that at one time. Uh, Right now, we're running uh, deficits uh, pretty much every year for a few years, and that's meaning the debt's accumulating. So that debt needs to be kept under control. We can't afford to let it get out of hand uh, because that will have some, obviously, negative consequences. You lose control over the, uh, over the game in, in that context. So I think uh, I've used my time.